0: Greetings and welcome to Scuba Obsessed, episode 27. We are in Deco. This week in the news, we have an update on the oil spill. Scientists roll out mats to kill clams. Divers find lost Tiffany engagement ring. A clean sweep of the Newport Beach. Nine, 90 meters deep in a swimming pool. And experts work to free buried ship at the World Trade Center. How are you doing this week, Jim? I'm doing really well. I've
1: got my uh, dive planner, and I'm ready to talk to some talk some scuba.
0: Oh my gosh, this was a great week of diving. I, I don't. I think it's been a long time since we've had that many dives in a weekend.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, different dives too. Uh, you know, not visiting the same same spot. Well, two of them were in the same spot, but that doesn't count.
0: Well, they weren't quite in the same spot, but uh, we'll get. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. So let's go ahead and start off in the news. I, I told Jim I was going to go ahead and mess him up and, and do these out of order, but uh, we'll, we'll see what he's prepared for. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I, well, that's what I get for showing up late. Shouldn't I shouldn't I be expecting
0: a, a, <laughs> a p- quiz? <laughs> quiz? <laughs> it's only fair. It's only fair. So the first one, we'll, we're going to go ahead and start with the update in the oil in the Gulf and, tentatively uh, some good news. That, that's what it sounds like. Uh, everything I've seen on, it seems to be pretty good. Uh, the, they capped it. So it stopped on the 87th day. They said they get it done in 90 and, uh, they're just in under the, under the wire here. Mm-hmm. So that last, uh, wellhead that they put down, or I don't know what you call that plug or cap that they put down seem to work, and they've been testing it, slowly cranking it up, but uh, it sounds like they're they're calling it good and that it passed.
1: That's a good thing. Now, I understand it. It's still going to for another uh, another day or so, they're uh, monitoring the pressure inside the wellhead. Is that what they're doing?
0: Yes. It seems to be that both the engineers from BP and the government are a little concerned that if this goes bad, that this will be worse than not doing anything at all. So they're trying to be cautious and monitor the pressure. So they're slowly cranking it up, but it looks like that uh, they're going to be able to contain most of it. And at some point they'll start drilling the relief wells again, and they'll be able to pour some of that heavy mud and concrete down in there, which will completely seal it off. Good. So this marks a change in the the efforts in the Gulf we will go from trying to stop the leak to cleaning it up. And I would be surprised if they could clean it up in 90 days.
1: Oh, without a doubt. This is going to be a long, ongoing thing, um, uh, unfortunately. But at least you can sort of see, and I hope people down uh, that are personally affected can sort of see the light at the end of the tunnel. um Although it may be a long way off.
0: So the next story we're going to jump into just to mix it up a little bit is a clean sweep in Newport Beach. And here I'm not even ready for it. It's, it's still coming <laughs> up on the connection. Got myself. Uh, but this this was uh, an eco dive. So after the 4th, if, if you've been to any beach, and and that's what we tend to do, the fireworks around here. If you have a, a beachside town. They launch the fireworks out over the water, and everybody sits on the beach. And that day afterwards is just a mess. You just cannot believe how much trash mm-hmm. litter that is everywhere. In fact, uh, Mac likes to go in the evening the before the fireworks and see where everybody's camped out because it gives them a good idea of where to do some metal detecting. So this uh,
1: run a little bit of intel there.
0: Yep. So this is a case of where in Newport Beach... Volunteers got together, which is both uh, people on shore and also people in the water, such as scuba divers. So dozens of volunteers and families uh, descended on Newport Beach on Monday to help clean up the city's 4th of July celebrations. Uh,
1: You find some really weird... uh, I shouldn't say weird because one man's trash is another man's treasure, but... um... Unique items, uh, doing some of the, the sweeps on the beach or uh, in the water, uh, like some of the ecology dives that we've been involved in, looking uh, looking for things. Um, all sorts of stuff that you would uh, have a hard time imagining somebody throwing in the water or, or losing. Um, if, if people have it, they lose it and, and it's out there for somebody to find.
0: It certainly is going to be down there or up there or out there. What comes to mind is you have to think of what were they doing with those items at the beach. So, uh, like, like Mac had the, the hammer that he found at the beach. Yep.
1: Yep. Out in the middle of, uh, of the beach where he was at, it was, it's a beautiful beach. Um, there, there's no wood, there's no driftwood. There's no, I mean, it's clean sand. Um, and a hammer, and of a hammer. all things.
0: So, well, and somebody had to have brought that down just for that day because they they run through these this beach beach oh. rake, so yeah. it's very well policed and cleaned up. But yeah, yeah. just just all sorts of stuff. Any anything that something carry down. Maybe we need to have a contest to see who has, finds the craziest thing after one of these events. I, I like the idea of this uh, ecology dive that they did.
1: Yeah, I think that's neat. It's a neat way to, to get people um, a sense of community, too. Forget about uh, the benefits to the beach and to the, the waterfront. Um, if you can get to know your neighbors a little bit better and the people who have some of the same interests you do, that's win-win, isn't
0: it? It certainly is. I think it's a, it's a good win. And so speaking of searching for stuff, we have this next article, A Diver Finds a Lost Tiffany Engagement Ring in the Lake. This one's out of Minneapolis. A Minneapolis teacher was devastated when her brand-new Tiffany engagement ring fell into the lake. Uh, she she and uh, her fiancé had gotten engaged last month. They were boating out on Lake Minnetonka, where she took off the $7,000 ring to keep it clean while she applied sunscreen. Uh, she put it in her mouth. It slipped out bounce on the floor of the boat and into <sighs> the oh gosh you can just imagine that that sinking feeling when something like that happens
1: okay the sinking feeling she felt or the sinking feeling he felt <laughs>
0: um can we answer that question <laughs>
1: no probably not <laughs> Is your fr- what were you doing
0: oh gosh <sighs> that's that just uh, that, that's terrible I, that, you know,
1: th- I, yeah, and then read about uh, the, the. he spent three days looking for this thing.
0: Yeah, Denny Jeffrey of Long Lake, Minnesota, had been treasure hunting for lakes for 40 years, he said. So I'm, I'm picturing somebody a little bit like Mac. And then uh-huh. he heard of the ring, so he got his gear and spent three days searching with a metal detector. So that was wow. three days in the box. I mean, y- y- they didn't say in here, was it? You know one tank at a time, you know how many hours of right. searching was that? what well, did he have a you know a rig where he was running the air down, or was he just doing straight up scuba and metal detecting? And they didn't say what depth of water that'd have been interesting to find out where it was right. but, but needless to say, he was able to find it, and uh, he was given a reward of seven hundred fifty dollars for his effort, which I think is is pretty fair. I mean, that, well, I'm sure you yeah. didn't do it for the money, but right, um, exactly, yeah. And in this
1: couple, can you imagine the story they can tell at their at their 25, 50 uh, year reunions, uh, or uh, they're called anniversaries, aren't they? On their anniversaries. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> After you and, have uh, so many, you forget what they're called. Oh, they just, you know. But
1: uh, could you, you know, the story that that's awesome, and then it's got a happy ending. Um, boy. The other way around, there could be storm clouds for that couple it had it never shown up again yeah
0: so and and they don't say the the age of the couple, so you don't know i mean is is you know were they following the rule? what is it supposed to be uh eight years' salary or something for a ring?
1: Oh, I don't hey whose rule that that's put out by the diamond people that's who did that rule. <laughs> I can tell you that
0: so wow. but, yeah. So $7,000 ring. I Dropped guess I,
1: in the water. Uh,
0: so great great that they got it back. I'm just yes. imagining. I'm, I'm always afraid I would drop something like that uh, you know, down like a manhole cover. I always see the storm drains and think, you know, there's no way you're getting anything back from that.
1: Right, right.
0: The next article is on scientists. And, and this is one of those where you read the title and you're really not sure what to expect when you get to the article. Scientists roll out mats to kill Lake Tahoe clams. And I'm hoping that clams was not the name of the scuba diving group. But unrolling long rubber mats across the bottom is something that they're trying to do to get rid of an invasion of clams that could cloud the the well-known waters. Half-acre mats are designed to smother these dime-sized Asian clams that can reach a population of 5,000 per square yard. Hmm. And, but it's it just puzzling. Because here in the Great Lakes. Not that we like invasive species. But we have the zebra mussels. And they did exactly the opposite. They took what water that was kind of cloudy and murky. And filled with sediment. And they filtered out to where you've got just amazing clarity. They're talking that these these clams do just the opposite. That they suck in water. uh they filter out the algae and they scream and ex, extreme ex, excretions are highly concentrated uh, nutrients in. so it, it just smothers the lake and makes it all cloudy. Wow! So they they started the program. The bottoms are going to uh, coverings will remain in place all summer, and then they will be removed to see if the clams return. So they're they're hoping that they've covered them up. So. Uh, Do these clams only go in certain spots? I'm trying to think of, you know, (laughs) we got a pretty big lake here. If we had something similar, you know, that's a lot of mats you'd have to be putting down. Uh, The the budget for the mats is uh, nearly half of the $1.4 million budgeted for the clam eradication efforts in the lake. And they're working on getting another $4 million for the battle.
1: So they're they're talking half acre, um, half acre mats, um,
0: and they're oh. going to do another half acre section soon.
1: But okay, so you've got the you've got the mat rolled out. You take care of the the clams that are beneath that section of mat. You pull it up isn't it just prime location again for expansion of the clams? I I mean, Hmm. Seems like that would be a non ending.
0: It does. And, and unless you're planning to put out the mats and put out the mats. Um, so it's, there are eight rubber rolls and they're going at about 15 hmm. feet deep in the water. They first found the clams in 2002 In the Sierra Nevada Lake that straddles the uh, border there between California and Nevada. And they're thinking, like, the same thing we have around here is that much of the clams were brought in uh, inadvertently Mm -hmm. by the boaters. Mm
1: -hmm. Wow. Yeah, if anybody's got any more information on on this or firsthand information, it'd be interesting to talk to you about, you know, is this – will this be an ongoing thing? I mean, is it artificially keeping – the clams down. I have no doubt that it's going to work. Whether their their intention is to suffocate or starve out the clams, um, but as far as an ongoing thing, wow,
0: it, it seems pretty intensive. So that's what I'm trying to figure it out: if it's just a test, or if they're actually going to, you know, expand this. I just can't believe hmm. that you know a quarter acre is going to be enough to do much. But. You hmm. know. We'll have to see.
1: Right, but it, invasive species can really alter the landscape or the underwaterscape, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's an ongoing battle and it seems uphill most of the way.
0: The next article is 90 meters deep in a swimming pool. And this is one that uh, we were talking about in the car one day and I, I couldn't find it. And then here it got posted again. So this one uh, is similar. And, and I, I believe, uh, was it Matt called this a, a wet chamber when they do this? Um, sounds right. Yeah. Uh, they did, uh, it's a 90 meter deep dive in a four meter pool. So what they're doing is they're doing something similar to the chamber that we were in we were in when we did the chamber dive it's filled with 4 meters of water which is about 12 feet for us in the US and then they pressurize the air above it which can get you which gets you down to that depth and then once you're in they they test and do different mixes of gases so this this particular pool is in France they were testing uh, rebreathers, tri-mixes, combinations of the two. Uh, so they, you get to test your reactions. Very
1: cool. Yeah, I when we had been discussing that, I I got the general idea of, uh, of what you were talking about. Um, this is very neat. Um, you know, doing different uh, uh, tri-mix uh different ratios, and uh, if any of you are into tech stuff, you'll know much more about that than I do. But um, trying to see the effects firsthand and and closely under a controlled environment sure seems like a good idea. Um, But I don't know of anybody around that's got the
0: capability of doing this. Do you? I don't, but this would be something I'd be interested in looking into to see what, what it would take to get something like this together. But here's just a little excerpt. Uh, from the article, and again, as always, we have the links in the show notes. And it says, in Paris, we had the opportunity to breathe gas, which had the opposite effect. Being in four meters of water, we had our heads at 90 meters. The four of us breathing from our normal scuba tanks filled to there, sat in a small square on the swimming pool floor. Of us holding hands like a small merry-go-round the middle of us was the cylinder with a magic potion equipped with special breathing regulator. The per- person opposite me was first to go. He was having a good time. He was laughing. I could see a big smile on his face behind the regulator. Who could read the fun he was having from behind the mask? So he, he's getting narked. So 90 meters, uh, they're fair. That's that's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two hundred and seventy feet or a little bit more. And then he says, "It was my turn. I swapped my regulator for a special one. Nothing happens." And after about a minute, I feel my tingling in my fingertips as if I was cold walking into a warm room. I felt a tingling sensation over my spinal cord. I knew the gas was circulating around my body. I took a couple deep breaths to speed up the process. The person sitting next to me disappeared from my peripheral vision. The effects of tunnel vision were very clear. So he goes on to describe uh, the, the symptoms and effects of uh, narcosis. And then uh, they go in and talk about the one who, the, the guy had a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the effect on gas was uh, much more immediate on this next person. He lost control. He ripped the regulator from his mouth, and then he wanted to go straight for the surface. Uh, they grabbed him, tried to provide him an op, uh, alternate air source. Your fuse started crawling towards the surface, running out of air. He grabbed his chest strap, and they held him down. They finally got the alternate air source in his mouth, a few breaths, and he calmed down again because they they went from the one next year back to one that wouldn't give him the narcosis. Uh, They slowly ascended the surface. His recovery was remarkable, but he couldn't remember what happened to him just a few seconds ago. And, in fact, he refused to believe it had even happened to him.
1: Oh. Uh, Well, I... (laughs) I have no doubt what they're describing. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: So, but that's it, it. It's you know, of course. When's the best time to discover that is 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 when you're in a tank in a controlled environment where you have somebody to to help you out. Can you imagine if you were actually doing a deep dive and you got into these situations, and you know, it, it's a it's much more dangerous. And then the last story here is experts work to free the buried hull from the World Trade Center.
1: Isn't that fascinating news?
0: <laughs> it is. You know, I'm not surprised when they explain everything that happened, but it is something that you didn't expect. Uh, they, they frequently, as we've seen, I'm sure Boston has the same thing, New York. Uh, these are islands, a lot of marshland around them, and, mm-hmm. you know, like they say, they don't make any more property unless you make some more property. So these vessels like uh, we've been diving on around here where they've they've used they've lost the usefulness of their lives and for reasons end up being sunk. this particular case, it was sunk to extend the island. so yeah. as as they were digging out a car garage, for the new trade center for underground parking, uh, a couple uh, ribs of a, a ship came up, and and they went and found them. So they're figuring this is from, probably from around the seventeen hundreds. They're going to take some samples of the wood. Uh, they they figure they can kind of age the the wood by the rings on it. They've they've they can get an idea based on the the makeup of the wood and how the rings are spaced as to what years. That tree was most likely growing, plus they're going to do some carbon dating and some samples. I I like the comment, it smells like low tide, this is muck. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Ah, victory. Victory. But uh, the other thing I read into it was that as they're doing the World Trade Center, they actually had archaeologists on staff. So their job is to look for this stuff, find it, and then document it, and then get it the heck out of the way so they can keep building So it looks like it was also, could have been a junkyard because they said there are pieces of shoes all over.
1: Oh, yeah. Can you imagine, though? I mean, it's at that time, like you said, you have to make it. Uh, I wonder what the original footprint was of solid ground there. Um, Probably every year just grew more and more and more miraculously, right?
0: Yeah. Well, you probably took your trash and debris and manure and Pinched it
1: out at the edge. Yeah, you had horses. You to walk.
0: Yeah, you, probably everybody went down there and they they threw it down. You you made sure you drank up upstream, not downstream. Yeah. <laughs> so they said a lot of times they used cribbing, which is usually jo- uh, jogs, logs joined together, kind of like a log cabin, and then you would backfill that with sand and you make it. But I wonder, it'd be interesting to see in a map where this ship lied in relation to the buildings that were there. Was this underneath the original Twin Towers?
1: Well, the the article says it's 20 feet below uh, street level, Um, and I think the original towers definitely went well below that, wouldn't
0: they have? Well, you would think so, but I guess it's possible that pilings had been run around. So maybe this was... right. Yeah, but it would just be... To think of all those, everybody's walking along the street and you don't necessarily know uh, what's what's right. underneath and, and they yep. said they found a similar wreck in 1982 which was an 18th century cargo ship wow yeah also i picked up that there was an anchor nearby and to me it seems like that that's what i i thought was kind of odd because i can understand you've got an old vessel that's past its prime but once you find you know anchor that's that's metal it seems like that wouldn't be something that you would just leave down there to you know that it would have been recycled and and use someplace else
1: right I, I would suspect maybe um, I could be wrong but maybe that had been lost whereas because you could recycle the anchor or the material from the anchor I would think Yeah. Uh, the labor involved in that would have to be huge
0: yeah just to go and leave that down there so that's this week in the news so you know from there we'll go and talk about some scuba diving
1: right Uh um...
0: So gosh, it did quite a bit this past weekend. It's hard to even think of where to begin. So we we dove on Saturday, uh, went out of St. Joe, and this was we we were we were looking for something. We had had a a target that had been a little mysterious, and it shows up sometimes and didn't show up sometimes, shows up sometimes. So darn it, we were just going to go out there do a couple scans and see if we can find it. Yep, and then we. So we, we we picked a spot now did something show up this time on the bottom or did we because I remember we, we we decided we threw the buoy at the GPS location just threw that in
1: yeah we we did some uh, some trolling back and forth um, trying to get a hit with the um, the fish finder and uh, didn't see anything but uh, it's almost the exact area where we had had a pretty positive hit before. Uh, So we decided that we were going to, uh, regardless of what we saw displayed for us, we'd go down and physically, you know, put our fins in the water down there and take a look around and see what we saw. Um, So that's, that's why that, but no, we didn't get a, an actual uh, positive hit on that day.
0: Yeah. I I think I get to be a little bit like Kurt, you know, once I got diving on the mind, I don't care (laughs) after about the fourth pass. It was like, I don't, I I can just as well look underneath and know for sure.
1: Yeah. I'd rather just jump in the water. And that's, you know, that was part of it too, was certainly, uh, um, yeah, we're going out to look, um, but we were going out to dive too. And it proved to be a really good dive. Um, although not real productive as far as finding anything. (laughs) Um, you know, there was that moment there when uh, what we did, just to describe it for you, um, got uh, run an anchor line down, uh, a standard anchor line off the boat. We're, what was it, 70 feet of water, something like that?
0: Yep, just a little shallower than 70.
1: Um, and uh, so we went down and we'd tie off a, a line. In this t- case, we had a, a little wreck reel or a finger reel would work too, but tied it off to the anchor line and uh, just started. Doing, uh, you know, sweeps uh, in something, uh, maybe, what, 60, 70 foot uh, radius um, out in a big circle just to try and see if we can uh, see anything. And hopefully if something sticks out of the sand between us and the anchor line, um, our wreck line or, or reel line would get caught up on it and uh, signal that it had hit, hit something. Um, and so we're swimming in a circle in a big arc and I'm on the inside and, and Darren chose to swim on the outside because he likes to swim a lot more, uh, <laughs> and cover a lot more ground.
0: Until um, I got tired of that and cheated,
1: <laughs> Right. But, uh, and I look over and just out of the gloom, we kind of both see, uh, a shape off in the distance out, outside of our arc. Um, and he's, he's. Trying to gesture to me, and I'm I'm kind of seeing what he's talking about, and, and gesturing back, and so we we set the reel down and we we swim over to it, and it's really not that far out. Um, visibility was,
0: what did we call that? Um, I, I called that about sixty feet.
1: I mean, it was it was really nice down there. Um, so we we swam over to it, and come to find out, it was a submerged log uh, with a bit of root mass and things like that kind of sticking up. But if you looked at it just right, it was an anchor.
0: Um, And the flukes of the anchor, I was convinced when I saw that. I was like, yes, that's it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it wasn't to be. Uh, But it was a neat find nonetheless. And so we swam swam back to the the reel and finished our arc. And uh, the rest of it was pretty uneventful. Um, But uh, got the old heart pumping um, for just a bit of wood.
0: See, and and we and we learned after that first dive because that first dive, Mac went down just a little bit ahead of us, and then we went down, but we both went counterclockwise. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and why is that? Okay, um, I'm left-handed. Why did we all go left? Uh, is there a reason for that?
0: I don't have any idea. Maybe it's the magnetic fields. So it's all magnets.
1: Well, it's yeah, it's all. Yeah, that.
0: Or what um, happens if you flush? Which way does it go again?
1: Well, if you go south of the equator, it goes the other way.
0: Oh, okay. But
1: I wouldn't notice. I, you know, I wouldn't be that um, uh, aware. You know, if I were to be kidnapped, to be able to give you a location, whether I'm north or south of the equator, and which way the toilet water went down the drain. Um,
0: so that's all. That's all I can think of is why we we both went counterclockwise on that one. But uh, but
1: the next time we figured it out. Where yeah, we, then we
0: said, hey. Of course, the only, the only problem is that we were more efficient, but we had less bottom time. So I don't know how that Yeah, worked. was
1: that really a positive? Yeah. I, I don't know that that was a good thing. But, yeah, but the, uh, we did cover more ground quickly.
0: The, the one thing that was shocking is at the surface, we were probably about the mid-70s for water temperature. Oh, the which, thermocline was a killer. Oh, gosh. Gearing up. That was also something we learned between the two dives was that first time I didn't jump in and cool down and I was or, or did I? Did I jump in? I'm trying no, to
1: No. No, the first time we we absolutely roasted.
0: We we roasted and then uh was that the one? No, that was uh that was the next day. I uh, will get to that
1: the one. The next day. Yeah. But we by that time we had been wet and already down below the thermocline which was um, mid 40s. If oh I yeah, it was. Right. It
0: was about forty-seven. Was that was that thermal climb? Was it thirty-seven? You know, well, I got to pull that. So, up. No, I don't think it was thirty-seven. I
1: hope it wasn't thirty-seven. Oh, um, here in a minute, we got that would back rain back. on my parade. Play it back, um, but it was hot enough up on the surface that we were we were cooking uh, as we geared up, and uh, in fact, when I got home, I. I had had a little bit of sunburn on my nose and neck again, um, uh, which is a, a direct result of spending more time on the water. So that's that's not a bad thing. Uh,
0: water temperature was 44 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay.
1: Okay. And, uh, but nice, you know, another thing too, Darren, that, that popped out, and I know you and I had talked about it, was that on the bottom, I had expected to see nothing but little sand ripples. Exactly, um, but there was there was not you know we're not talking um, reef type structures or anything like that, but there was there were living organisms, little bits of grass and and things down there um, that I was a little bit surprised to see.
0: Well, I was especially at the depth we were at because we we ended up getting down to well, let's see here I've got. 67 feet was the deepest, and I don't remember sticking my computer in the bottom to get a, a deep depth. So, right. I mean, it might have been a tad deeper than that, but normally we don't see much below 40 feet growing as far as vegetation. And there was vegetation. Right. There, so maybe the water's getting exceptionally clear. Now, it'd be interesting to kind of work our way up into shallower waters and see, you know, does that, is there more growth there? Because you're, you're right. going to get to a certain I, I, point where the where the surf and currents and sand are going to work against you,
1: right? And I, I'd like to get to a point get to see a spot where um, the area isn't scrubbed by the ice every year, um, because I, I'm pretty confident that that's what keeps the shallower water um, clear of any thing more than just a token growth,
0: don't you? I think so. I think yeah that ice definitely has an effect. Not that I think we've had some really cold winters here in a while, but that ice can pack up and move and do all sorts of things, scrub the bottom mm-hmm. as the, as they call it. Uh something else that we also noticed was on our way out to the to do these two dives, there was a couple of dive boats in a location that we're not aware of there being anything. <laughs> right so so we've got that marked in the gps so that could be a good target here to go out in a couple of weeks we know that in the late 1800s about that spot of the beach there was an old schooner that went down and it was even about six months to a year where you could see the crow's nest out of the water so it makes you kind of wonder if maybe that's what they were diving on if that wreck has returned from the bottom of the sand and is now visible well, wouldn't that be a neat find? That would be, but it, you know, another thing—it's a little disappointing because I, 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 figure that we're for this area probably the some of the more ambitious divers, you know, and we're fairly visible. You know, if you go into right. the the dive shops and you ask who's diving, it's it's one of us or somebody in the club. So to think that somebody has found a wreck and that they're not sharing the information this is a little disconcerting, you know. You know, we're we're so private. I mean, unless you happen to know about the website or the podcast that's broadcast <laughs> weekly,
1: <laughs> or the dive t-shirts being worn all the time, or the yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it, it's not. It kind of hurts my feelings if there's something out there that we don't know yeah. about. But we'll find it. We'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, we're we're gonna get there. Well, that's that kind of brings me to another point. Is I just love to. Figure out some way we could just map the bottom because that bottom was just so interesting. Just to see that, you think of the like we found that. Well, basically what we did is we found the log. You know, who knows how long that log's been there? I imagine it's probably something that some spring the erosion on the shore, the you know log goes in or it comes down the river and sinks. So it just happened to sink at that spot, and they'll go. I mean, that that log could be two hundred years old.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be kind of interesting to to figure something like that out. Um, so we did two dives there, right? We did one and then we moved uh, a couple of hundred yards, um, and, uh, r- reset the anchor and, uh, went down for a second one, which where we got smarter and uh, went in different directions and covered that relatively quickly, um, and came up with nothing. Um, uh, So we we packed it in and called it a day after that one.
0: Yeah, yeah. first dive I had 20 minutes, second dive I had 17 and a half. So, yeah, I guess not that much shorter, but it sure seems shorter.
1: Yeah, but but still good dives. uh,
0: Certainly they were. Yep. So, great, get some good bottom time in. Uh, You know, and I, I, I dare say that we were probably the first people ever to see that part of the shore down there underwater. It's possible. So then, uh, so that was Saturday. Sunday, yep. instead of going out of St. Joe, we went a little bit farther north and went out of South Haven. Mm-hmm. So uh, Saturday was Mac, you and me. Sunday was we had Kirk, Bob, Paul, and you and myself went out. So we had two dives are going to do this. These are going to be a little bit deeper. First one was the Ann Arbor Five, which I had just dove the week before. Mhm.
1: Yeah, and uh, a group of you guys had gone out the week before and uh, dropped in on it, right?
0: Yep. Yep. We we dropped in, and that was the one where I had all not a whole lot of problems, but it just didn't go as smooth as I had had wanted. I I, I stuck with my plan. Uh, after fixing my O ring, I went down touched the deck, came back up. So that was a short dive. So this time, I, I decided I wanted to stretch out a little bit. And this is going to be your first time onto that wreck. So right. We, so we had decided that you wanted to go down and get the deck. And then I wanted to go and swim around the back, uh, see the propellers, go back to our starting point and head on up. So we figured, I figured we had about 10 minutes of bottom time. This, this wreck is... Mm-hmm. Where the lines went down is about 118 feet. I figured we'd be about 125 to go and see the propellers.
1: Right. Propellers are hung at about 125 from what I remember.
0: Yep. And so we went around. You were leading. You were zooming, too. (laughs) You were.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you went on the outside again.
0: Yeah, I did. I get the outside of the circle. Yeah, I I think I would learn. Maybe. Maybe I just need more exercise. So. But uh, I'm looking at the dive profile now. I can see where we went down. It's kind of there's a there's like a little bump on the, the chart going down. So almost three minutes in, we're at 116 feet. So right. that's when we swim off the side. And then you see the propellers, and you can see us go back down. As we swam by the propellers, I was at about 134 feet. I was just a right. little bit deeper than you, but what did you think of those propellers?
1: Huge, Oh huge! My I was grinning. Um, <laughs> you probably could see it past my regulator. Um, one of the one of the things that caught me too, and again, every, every time um, you're descending, um, we drop in and uh, kind of get acclimated for just a minute, and then it's it's down the line. Um, Visibility is really clear, and then it. it grows in on you it moves in on you where your visibility is a matter of feet and then all of a sudden it opens up again now the bottom on this is what 168 something like that um all the way to the bottom and uh but you know we're limited by training and equipment and experience and that sort of thing so we're we're hanging out at recreational limits and uh so we we look down and we're closing in on the stern of this, and if you haven't seen it, um, take a look at the link at the Scuba Obsessed uh, site. Um, the stern is sticking way up in, in the um, shallower water, um, and like you said, it's about 119 where the, the mooring line is attached to. So you're you're swimming at the, a rail on the stern, and you go off the side, and you can see all the way down to the bottom. Um you guys that are from down, you know, in much clearer water, um, this is nothing new. But for for me, the visibility, being able to see the whole side of the wreck, all the way down to the to the sand on the bottom or the clay on the bottom, and the stern is sticking way up, uh, and now it's above me, and we're swimming kind of alongside the the twin screws. Um, they're, they're huge and, and you don't get a real feel for the immense size of these things and the rudder and the, you know, and you're right there and you're just floating. Um, you know, you don't have the gravity pulling you down and you're, you know, you're just, you're amazed. Um, and then you got to start watching, okay, how much time am I really spending here? And, and you know, how much have I got left? And, you know, uh, it just the feeling of, of being able to see it and floating above it and, size in proportion to me and, and to you um swimming right next to it wow i was i'd like to say i was speechless when we came back up but i don't think i was i think i was jabbering uh, as we got back in the boat
0: uh, what a good dive that was that just and just that feeling of when you go down like because at the surface the visibility was it, you look down in the water from the boat and you think, hey, it's not too bad. But when you get in there and you get about eight to ten feet down the line and then you can see all that particulate just suspended in the water, and your vis is six feet, seven feet. Because as, as you were going down, because this, this first dive, uh, what did I have going on that I was just a little bit slow? For some you reason,
1: had a, um, I think it was lead paint as a child. Uh, no, you had a you had a le- leaking uh, mask, I think, because oh, I that's right. Because I, I... About, yeah, about thirty feet or yeah. forty feet, and I look back and you're you're trailing just a little bit. So we I hung out and then you caught up with him.
0: Man, Yeah, that's, that's what I had. I had uh, my hood was just a little bit under my mask, where it was kind of like the waterfall over your eyes.
1: Right, dripping past your eyebrows yeah, and into it was, your it eyes. Was
0: like, it was like, where's this water coming from? So I you know, I kind of clear my mask a little bit. I, you know, I'm i pretty good at being able to clear it without any effort. And it's like, what is this? And then it got to the point I wear contacts, so the contacts are floating in my eyes. So once I finally got the, the hood pulled out from the mask and everything was <laughs> sealed properly, I was seeing double. So it was like two of my hand... And I was just able to see you in the distance with that visibility, and I was able to catch up right but uh, but then then, as we get down to that depth, well, I got to say it was probably about 60, 70 feet you know after you've kind of gone through the thermocline and we're hitting water that uh, you know it was I'd say it was colder, but it was it's uh, I've got at depth, we had 47 degrees. Mm-hmm. But it felt warmer than the day before at sixty oh, feet.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely it did, and I haven't been able to figure that out. I don't know.
0: It kind of back to the theory. Whenever you see anything interesting, it's just uh, that that yeah. that creates its own warmth. That 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 discovery, the excitement of discovery, just warms you up. So, just what an awesome dive! And then we weren't done. So we had that was our third dive for the weekend, and we yeah. still had one more.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know the guys that we were with, um, just not to re- take too long on this, but the guys we were with uh, went down. One was on a big single, one was on a, uh, some fair sized doubles, and one was diving a rebreather. Um, those guys went down and and puttered around for quite a while, and uh, we came up and we swam and and hung out and snacked and and then finally they caught up to us. They went and checked out all the the rest of the wreck that we weren't able to see. And uh, someday I'd like to get down there and, and take a look yeah. at the
0: rest of uh, what we're missing. Well, certainly, and, and I'm, I have no doubt we're going to work our way up to that. Uh, Paul was was diving doubles. Kurt had mm-hmm. a one nineteen. So, but they they were all into deco. I mean, they had to do deco stops. They had gas and other commitments that they had to do on their way up so but we stayed out of deco that time so we 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 dove the plan we pretty much did what we thought i'm thinking great the next dive is actually a little bit shallower that was Mm -hmm. supposed to be uh originally was told that was 128 129 but it makes you wonder if the if you know waves and you know i can't believe that the lake michigan has changed that much but you know we're kind of going off of readings of depth finders on boats, so it could be a few feet different. Right. And there could be difference between computers. But the next one I had that uh, came out to like 125, 126 feet, and this is the Barge and Crane, which is, I won't say halfway between the Ann Arbor 5 and the South Haven Pier, but uh, it's definitely in a straight line there, which if you head out to the website, I think I, I posted something out there.
1: Yeah, cool. it's a it's a couple of miles uh, closer to shore.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: to be sure. So, um, you know, and uh, pretty neat. Now, this is a fairly new uh, find um, in the area. It's not in any of the literature that's been printed or anything like that. Um, yeah, pretty pretty neat piece of equipment.
0: Yeah, we're we're calling it barge and crane, but I noticed mm-hmm. looking on some of the websites out there, there's Three or four targets in Lake Michigan within 40 miles of this location, saying barge and crane. So it's not unusual for a barge with a crane to to go down. So there's uh, there's different ones. Maybe we need to have some different nicknames for them. But uh, this is the barge and crane just out of off of South Haven.
1: Well, his uh, at the MSRA uh, website, has it been uh, put up there on the map yet?
0: They, they did uh, it's it's on there they don't have a link to anything so depending on what kind of pictures Bob got I was gonna see if he was okay and we'd send him up to MSRA and give them something to to put a listing on it uh, hopefully get some photo credit right so but that one we went we went down and in, in similar depth similar preparation uh, we went down the line uh, Bob Bob, uh, see, on the on the first dive, Bob was waiting for us on the way up, wasn't he? Like we went down and then went up and he was Well, yeah, he, we passed
1: him um, because he was waiting for, um, who was it, had uh, some seal problems. Um,
0: I think it was Kurt, wasn't it? I yeah, mean, he, it was Kurt. Yeah, because he's so, walking around half naked there for between dives. Right. Letting his, you know. The not so dry suit, <laughs> dry out,
1: <laughs> right? Which is a uh, um, not always truthful when it's called a dry suit, is it?
0: No, a little false advertising there. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's a maybe a semi-dry then. Um. So, but on this next dive, I think we pretty much all. I mean, he was again ahead of us because he was at the bottom when we when we got mm-hmm. down. Yeah, because they, they went down quicker that that second time. Right. So we went down, and this is a smaller target. It's, uh, uh, it's a barge. There's a crane kind of propping up the barge. It came down on its top, and there's a little shack there. And pretty much in this one, we just I just wanted to do a, a lap around it and then kind of see what the top of it was. So we went down. Oh, I'm looking here to chart, and we got down to about 121 feet and then did a, a quick lap around and, uh, on the first, the first dive that day, I, I could feel narked, but, I, uh, I didn't feel as narked on the second one.
1: Right. Right. I, I felt, uh, towards the end, I felt, uh, I felt a tinge, uh, frankly, on the first dive, I felt perfectly normal, um. So it's really weird. I mean, it's it's uh, it truly is unique for for each person.
0: So, but after our first dive, we we had some pretty good gas usage because uh, we we came up with plenty of air. We did kind of the rule of thirds, so we had a thousand pounds.
1: Yep. And yep. in in addition to that, we were both slinging uh, uh, extra gas. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, we so, both had bailouts. Yep. So yep. so we we recovered a few different ways. So in this one we we decided that you know since we had done so well with the air we would stretch out a little bit, and my intention was to stay out of deco. I wasn't intending to go into deco, but uh, looking right. back on the dive, uh, now now you noticed deco when you were down there. Did you notice yours flashing?
1: Yeah, I knew I knew right away that uh, that I was in. It was right at the uh, um, at uh, just past the seven minute mark, which mates up exactly with what I would expect to see looking at, uh, my dive profile, um, in a planner. Yep. Um, you know, so everything happened right when it was supposed to.
0: Yeah. I, I went in at, uh, I went the Deco at eight minutes, but I'm looking at that. And that was actually as I was going up. So just mm-hmm. as I started my ascent is when I entered Deco. So I was just on the edge of that profile. In fact, you can see on it when I I got up and I was adjusting my buoyancy, I got to about sixty six feet, and then I went down a little bit. And as I was going down, I actually came out of Depot, deco, but then I went down a little bit farther, and then I re-entered it at about seventy feet. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and then I fouled it. So I was just on the I mean just right there on the inside, but I didn't notice it, which. You know, my computer I've got set towards beeping at 125. So right. once it does that, it's kind of already alerted. So I need to open up that that depth threshold so it's not beeping at that. And then I probably prefer to have it beep when I go into deco.
1: Right, and that's an option that can be set. Now you say you didn't you didn't catch that it was going in. Did you? Um after we made our first lap around the barge and the crane, um, I kind of followed you around the second time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Did you remember that part?
0: Yep. Yeah. I, I. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't, I didn't have any loss of memory or, or anything. I mean, I, I was, I, I would say my, my narc was just focus. You know, I'm running mm-hmm. through, you know, how's my air? How's my depth? How's my time? Right. Where am I in spot? Uh, you know, and I saw Bob out there, so I knew that was the way back up. But mm-hmm. I was just still heading, and then you went over there. You know, you signaled and said, "Hey, let's go up." So we went up, and then I went up, and then you stayed down. So what actually?
1: Yep, yep. What actually ended up happening was I was following the lineup, and uh, I was trying to make a nice smooth ascent without uh, without the anchor line. And uh, that didn't work out very well. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Not going to be doing that again for a while. Uh, it was, it, it just proved to be just a little bit more difficult than I had, had thought in trying to closely watch my ascent rate. Um, vertically, uh, there was a little bit of a current that kept sweeping me out from directly beneath you. Um, because I was directly underneath you almost the whole way.
0: Yeah, I um, could see I could see the bubbles. So I knew mm-hmm. you were... You're kind of there. And yep. what I like to do in the anchor line is put my finger kind of in a loop. And the only time I grab the line is if I want to use that line to, you know, to either push me up or, as a or pull me engine. down. Yep. Yeah, just to kind of as an aid. Because a lot of times, especially as you get close to the surface, the boat's bobbing up, up and down. And you kind of yep. use that. So, you know, you can either kick a little bit to move yourself up or you can kind of grab that line on the ups, the up cycles or the down cycles depending on which way you want to go right so but that that yeah and i noticed you know kind of that little dip uh because there, there was two divers up on the surface uh doing deco mm-hmm. and you know like on the on the ann arbor five we have a nice buoy that's all moored and you know you're you could have 10 divers on that and you're not sinking that buoy but right, on a not, boat yep uh anchor line you kind of you know, the more people hang, the more the rope hangs, and yeah, I think that was a little bit of my going back down to depth was just the rope slinking a little bit lower. In fact, there's a right. few times I think I was holding the rope up. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Yeah, it was kind of funny to look at it from from uh, just a few feet off center, uh, off you know, from directly below. I could see where it was like a stair step as it <laughs> as it went up. And it was uh, kind of funny, really. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I was trying to stay away from was so that I could control my own depth um, a little bit better than than relying on the anchor line. But uh, next time I'll be sure to swim a little bit closer to the anchor line and uh, and, uh, you know, not use it as a, as an aid so much as just a, a visual reference. Yep.
0: So at 53 feet, i had come out of deco, And which is. Good and bad in that I didn't even realize I was in Deco. Right. I, I was so focused on just coming up at the right rate. If, it, and even at that case, I was coming up a little bit fast, which, again, mm-hmm. was probably part of it. You know, you wanted to use that rope to help your control your ascent. But uh, I was also looking down, trying not to drag the rope because you could see that we were stirring up the bottom mm-hmm. because of that anchor. Uh, You can see on my my dive profile where I hit 20 feet, and then I end up going back down to 34 (laughs) as I'm trying to get my safety stop in. So we probably had about two minutes of adjusting to where we could hold a depth at between 15 and 20 feet.
1: Well, if you look, and I hadn't noticed it before, if you look, we've got two of the same dips at the same time at the same time depth um so that kind of lends to the fact that that's what was happening with the anchor line yeah i mean if you were to overlay the two that that uh change in uh, depth uh occurs at almost exactly the same time
0: well what i've actually been thinking about doing as well is to take both our data points and map them over in the same graph because mm-hmm. that wouldn't be too hard to do take that out to uh some sort of spreadsheet program and chart right. that and we'd be able to see those those still I'm I wish the temperature's a little bit quicker. But yeah, yeah, I can see on yours kind of the same thing. You look like you got up to ten feet and then down to about twenty three. So I was I must have been just below you at that point. Or wait, no you're but if you look at the time wise, let's see if we can map the time. So we we're probably about the same then.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because where we, where we, it both starts to drop back down again for that, um, 10 or 15 feet, um, is where I believe that the rope was moving quite a bit. Um, and what was different is that, uh, I was, I had a, a decompression obligation that, uh, my ceiling was at 10 feet, um, but yours had taken you out relatively quickly and then moved you into uh, a standard safety stop type of a recreational dive Mm -hmm.
0: well i have that we ended up doing gosh when you figure above the between 20 and 15 feet i had that we did at least four and a half minutes of safety stop and you were out of deco before then, you were out of deco, about six Almost minutes. Almost six minutes. Yeah. yeah. So that that was a good that was a good amount of time. A nice safety margin there.
1: hmm. And it, I blew a perfect a perfect bubble ring. Nobody oh, saw it.
0: No, no. I see. I don't know. It's it's questionable. You, you do that to me. I'm just kind of like you know. It's like to me, it's like tempting fate. You know. I have a good dive. <sighs> I'm on the way up. Do I really want to go? I just I just yeah.
1: But that's the perfect time for bowl
0: rings. Oh, uh, okay. <sighs> I'll have to try it the next time. Next time we'll Okay. We'll have to do that. But gosh, I'll what an you awesome do it. weekend. Four great dives. Yeah. I, absolutely. I, I don't know how it gets much better than that other than being in uh tropical waters and maybe getting in ten dives or something, but uh Yeah, 'cause we had and then right. then we had the surface interval between the dives was I, I think I had just a little over two hours. So mm-hmm. we were in pressure group A by the time we got to the the second one. So there wasn't much residual at all.
1: Right. We had we had uh, been through most most everything that we had absorbed. Um, but and then we had a, a visit as we uh, back at the surface, right?
0: Yeah. We we got out and noticed a boat off in the distance. Mm-hmm. Had had that and nice after- little uh, badge on the side and. At first right? I thought it was a sheriff's department because, you know, they're a little bored out there patrolling the water and they want to, they want to see what's up. But, uh, uh after, uh, probably the, just as Paul, after our fifth diver got in, then we heard over a, a public announcement speaker asking if all the divers are out of the water. So you lowered the dive flag. And then that boat came over and then what, what was the exact title? I'm trying, I keep trying to remember. It was, uh,
1: Conservation officer.
0: Conservation officer. Yeah. So there were there were two officers in the boat. They had a nice boat, kind of a Boston whaler type setup, dual outboard. Boy, it was a
1: nice rig. Nice yeah, rig. I'm
0: like, you know, that wouldn't be too bad for a trade. But, <laughs> uh, you know, for, for those who don't know, I was a sheriff's deputy for just shy of, of 10 years. So, you know, I can tell when you're getting the line of questioning where they're trying to ask questions without being obvious, and that's what right. they're definitely doing. So the – now the Ann Arbor, I looked on the map, and that is actually outside of the underwater preserve, but it was buoyed with an underwater preserve buoy. Right. And and we're on the barge and crane, so they came over, and they're asking questions, and, you know, what are you doing? And they're asking some questions that, you know, maybe they don't know, but I'm pretty sure that they do. You know, how long can right. you stay down? And, you know, they're, they're checking to make sure if they – you know, if they can trip you up if you're going to lie or BS or something. Plus, they know they probably uh, saw thanks. us go down because I think Bob said when he went in the water he noticed them a boat off in the distance. So, you know, they knew how long we were down. And I'm sure they got binoculars mm-hmm. to see what we we're doing. Oh yeah. So, yep. But just but just a line of questioning and everything. And heck, you know, the nice thing about not doing anything wrong is you have nothing to hide, so you don't have any lies to keep. So. Well yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, it's no like no kidding. So just easy. So I'm, I'm just chatting and trying to talk the guy into diving see if he was a diver uh, right but he sure picked up on that uh, tagline you had dangling in the water didn't he
1: yeah he did and i you know he was uh, he was asking about uh, uh what we'll do is we'll hang lines off the side of the boat um tie it off and it's got a snap clip or a bolt uh, bolt snap at the end of the rope so that we can crawl out of our bc or or our uh, pony and uh clip it off on the boat and it won't drift away or, or sink or, or do something. Uh, and then, then we get up in the boat, we can retrieve it, haul up the line and haul up the gear. Uh, so he was kind of curious as to what they were hanging off the water. Um, you know, to see if there was anything suspended for those that don't know, it's, it's illegal to bring up anything, um, from a shipwreck, um, in the, in the preserve. Um, so that's, that's, I think, is what prompted a visit um, to make sure that uh, there was nothing like that going on. Um, that's my suspicion,
0: anyway. I think so. But I'm sure he was thinking that we had, like, a, you know, a steering wheel off a vessel. And the thing is, since we're diving on a new wreck there, they might not be used to seeing people there. I don't know if they've got a chart or a map and they know we're stuff is or people or divers are diving so you know you never quite know what angle they're going at to see what we were into right
1: and And then after that is for all that they knew it was uh for all that they knew it was just a a flat bottom there that there was nothing of interest then all of a sudden you know you've got boats starting to show up
0: there so exactly so after they 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 had time chatting with us and they went over and repeated that routine with Bob, Kurt, and Paul, mm-hmm. as we uh, dried off and and went. So you know, no ill feelings to the conservation officers are doing their job. Glad that they're out there keeping people absolutely. from absolutely from picking up the wrecks. And, but go ahead.
1: And I will tell you, conservation officers are some of the the nicest law enforcement people uh, you'll ever run across. Um, you know, through hunting and, and fishing and things like that. I've you know chatted up with a couple of them and always always very very nice folks
0: yeah well and and they're they're in they're into that line of work uh mostly because that's of an interest of theirs so they share the right. same interest that you do you know love for the water love for gaming and fishing so you know you've already got something in common and they don't want to see people abuse it any more than we want to see anybody abuse it. So right. it, it's good to see them out there and in, in keeping these things so that we've got a future for them. So then we did a dive in, and boy, the it was a little choppy in the way out. Uh, not that I would call it seasick choppy, but it right. wasn't exactly a, rough, uh, a smooth ride. And then it settled down to where we had the zero to one feet waves like we were promised in the beginning. And then we right. always had it wasn't glass smooth, but it was half six inch waves. on the, yeah, it was on the way nice. in. Nice,
1: nice ride on the way back in. Sure was. Wow. Yeah, the ride out was a little bit. Uh, you know, there was some uh, some bouncing around going out on out there, and um, but we both made it out there. Both boats made it out there safely and, and relatively quickly.
0: Yeah. So just a great day of diving, and of course after the dive we had to go and grab something to eat. So uh, Burger King got a few dollars from the mud divers that day. Right. Oh wow! And and I'm I'm seeing that we got a little activity going on in the chat room. We got Mac mm-hmm. in there, and he's bragging about his three hours of bottom time. You know, like, like like we like we said this last weekend. There's no way we're catching up to no. him. No. You know, it's like you're going 70 miles an hour and he's going 150. We're just not going to get up there, but we can live vicariously through him as uh, we're working and hearing about his exploits. So three hours of bottom time, uh, six (sighs) feet of haze, like your mask was always foggy. And he said hot too. And I believe it. Yeah. Of course, he, how he was getting the three hours was he was at about 15 feet of depth playing around where he was at.
1: Oh, that's a challenge right there.
0: Uh-oh. He's also warning us we don't want to look at Facebook. He's always got good uh, goodie shots on there. Uh, I bet he found at least a golf ball. That's
1: my fishing pole.
0: That's <laughs> your fishing pole? <laughs> it was, are you serious? No. Oh, okay. Like, what are the odds that he would find your fishing
1: pole? Well, if anybody's going to, he would. That's for sure.
0: Um, gets oh, yeah, we're, you you know, I, I have to say that you and I are pretty lucky when it comes to grubbing, but he's got the skill. He can go up there and touch. Yeah. You know, he, he, we can go into a spot and then he'll come in behind us and find twice what we found. Oh yeah. <laughs> in the same spot we've already picked over. So bottles,
1: broken China, you know, that kind of stuff that once again, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And at one time this was people's trash. Um, you know, but some of the, some of the old bottles, and things that, uh, uh, that you see, um, pretty, pretty cool stuff.
0: Yep. And it's all great stuff for the mud club. Uh, you know, the stuff that when, after we get done sharing what we find, it goes in the trash can because that's really what it is. But you <laughs> I, I just enjoy those ecology type dives where you're picking up that, that litter and you find it and you look at it and, you know, just think of the history that went with it. So, uh, speaking of that, we've got the Mud Club meeting on Tuesday. So that's always interesting, right? And then we're coming up on a weekend. Now, this in the area here is Venetian Festival, uh, which Venetian I think is fancy word for a bunch of boats in the water with people half schnockered up.
1: Uh, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so, so that's that's what the weekend is, St. Joe uh doubles its population with tourists from outside of town and it's going to be packed so there's a carnival there's a festival taste of saint joe there's all sorts of stuff going on there'll be a boat parade and then it will all culminate with the fireworks so saturday i plan on being at the beach much of the day with the family and hanging out and enjoying that so what do you got on tap
1: well uh looks like i'm going to be going out of town on saturday um Believe it or not.
0: So, out of town. Uh, out oh my of God. town. Like 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 the local you are. Run
1: you. <laughs> run away, run away. Get up. Um and then plan on spending uh spending Sunday on the boat, um, you know, out on Lake Michigan if uh, weather allows, I think.
0: Actually Sunday I got a call from Bob and we're gonna head up to the iron side and
1: Oh, cool. Great for a- you.
0: Yep, so I'm going to go and get that dive in. So that one's uh, it's it's going to be a shallow dive. That one's going to be about 120 feet, so that'll be a shallow one compared to the last two we've done.
1: Yeah, that'd be a, a nice gentle dive.
0: Yep. So looking forward to that. And he said that that ship is probably four times the size of any of the wrecks that we've seen. So far, a uh, uh, wooden sailing ship. The stern, he says, since he went there, that's broken up a little bit. So he's kind of curious to see how that's changed. So should be an interesting dive. That's in Grand Haven. If not, if we get blown off the big lake, it sounds like a Lake 16 dive. So, well, good. Gonna we'll go enjoy ahead it. and get wet.
1: Good, good, good.
0: Excellent, excellent. So. Let's see, what do we else? Okay, so uh, just kind of the review, some of the stuff that we have. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to visit us on Facebook, uh, go to www.facebook.com forward slash obsessed all one word, and that will bring you to our fan page. We're always looking for some more fans. Head over to iTunes, look up Obsessed there, leave us some four or five-star reviews, some comments. Let us know how you think about the show. Encourage other people to listen. Uh, also, if you're a scuba industry veteran and you want to get mentioned or talked about, send us a note. Uh, you know, some some mentions we'll actually do for free if you got something interesting going on. We're also looking for sponsorships or creative ways that we can help you meet your business objectives. So go take a look at that. Oh, let's see. That just about does it for the week. Uh, of course, we'll have the notes up on Scuba Obsessed. Go to www.scubaobsess.com. Also, if you're interested in participating in the show, you can head over to Talk Shoe. Uh You can either get to the website, we link over to there. You can listen live on the website, or you can actually go in the chat room on TalkShoe and chat during the show where we'll, we'll, we'll put some stuff out there. I didn't get a, I didn't get a question out on the website this week. I was thinking about it and just never got around to it. We got a couple. Uh, new sections we're going to be doing. Uh, still looking for some uh, photographers. we got a couple good ones. Uh, we'll, we'll be contacting a few of them, seeing if they want to come on the show. But anything along those lines, if you have any special specialty in scuba diving that we haven't talked about, let us know. If you're equipment manufacturer and you got some unique gear, let us know. Uh, we do have a, a cool gear of the week, or kind of cool gear. Not so much that it would be something that I'd be interested in, but, uh, for people who haven't done it, did you, did you have to get a chance to take a look at that, Jim? Yeah, I did.
1: It's kind of, <laughs> uh, silly.
0: <laughs> it is, but I could, it, it, I, I want to see people who have done it. To me, I consider this as the underwater version of parasailing, you know, where yeah. you got, where you got like a little jet boat and you got the, the parasail in the back and they always got the, uh the 55-year-old lady who doesn't really understand what she's getting into and does a nosedive in the sand. This is kind of the underwater version where they – picture a little – like a Spree scooter that you're – and then the windshield, instead of being a windshield, is actually like a, a Lexan globe that's over your head, and there's a tank. It's got a little, the one on here shows a little jet, but they, but they mentioned in the article that it was a scuba diving chair and it was actually being pulled by a boat. So I don't necessarily know which to believe. Yeah. Uh, but this looks actually like it's a, like a little scooter and you don't, I, I, I'm guessing that, you know, this is like the snuba where you don't have to be certified. I'm, I'm, I'm betting but it seems like you should almost have to be, because I mean, there's there's a good opportunity for things to go bad.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: I I, I don't know if they've got some sort yeah, of thing. Maybe see. maybe just the the way it is that the, there's no way for the tip over that the buoyancy with the mask and everything is is enough. You know, maybe they're just pouring enough air. But how does somebody? I mean, are these people who are getting on going to know enough to watch their pressure? Because it only shows an eighty. I'm guessing now maybe it's a maybe it's a one nineteen and we're just it's just in this photo it's hard to tell but
1: right I, and I don't think they're very deep um I don't think that would be an issue but I don't know it's kind of kind of silly
0: yeah yeah so head over there take a look at the scuba diving chair we'll have the link on the website ah oh, let's see uh, gosh I I got. It's that time of the show again, it is it is, and I've got two jokes, so uh, yeah I don't know uh which which one I should do i'm 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 kind of torn, so uh you know the, the flip mm. of so yeah I me mean, uh okay, well, I'll, I'll do the second one uh yeah you know, they're both they're both bad, uh you know, <laughs> one's kind of groaning bad, and the other one's kind of. Yeah, so or, or maybe should I, should I read them both or should I What do you think? You, you won't probably want to pace yourself. Yeah, I got to pace myself. You know, I'm going to we're going to get a dry spot. So we we'll, yeah, we'll do one. I'll we'll do the we'll do the uh Okay, let, let let's Yeah, we we've had uh th- this one's a little bit timely uh, with some of the articles we did last week. So We have two scuba divers that are unloading their boat after a great day of diving. One of the divers accidentally drops his wallet in the water next to the dock. As they watch the wallet float down in the water, a carp comes by and snatches up the wallet. Soon comes another carp, and he snatches it from the first carp. And a third one joins in, and he snatches it. And then one of the divers remarked and says, This is the first time I've ever seen carp-to-cart walleting." I almost feel like we need a funeral mark <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I don't oh, yikes that was DOA. that yeah,
0: that, was. <laughs> that
1: would never had legs
0: that would have red legs so, uh, so. we say they're bad
1: it, sometimes it's better to over-deliver. Great... <laughs> over deliver over deliver or under deliver <laughs> in this <Under> case <laughs>
0: Okay, well, so I hope everybody goes out there and gets wet. And dive safe. Call recording has been completed.
1: Uh, (sighs) Carp-to-carp
0: (laughs) walleting. Gonna need CPR after that one. Yeah, no kidding.